0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. This is episode number 187. And Aaron, how appropriate that would have 187 for this show, because uh, as many of you know, that is the uh, California penal code for murder. And uh, that is exactly what happened to the Sharks. We just stunk. <laughs> In these last two games, it goes beyond stinking at this point. Um, this, this was beyond stink, Aaron. Stink, stank, stunk, the Grinch. This was horrid. This was, we got, we have people comparing us to like NC2A teams, saying that there's a possibility that we could be losing to some D1 hockey clubs. Uh, I mean, this is really bad, Aaron. This This is beyond bad.
1: It's pretty bad. It's historically bad. It's nobody's been as bad as the Sharks. Uh, soon there have been teams as bad, but it's been a long time. Um, Yeah, it it was pretty a great a great time to uh, pick your first game of the season to go to. By the way, I went on Thursday night and that was just it was it was so bad that by the second period, a lot of people were leaving. And I was like, I need to watch this. Like it is it's like nails on a chalkboard, but I can't walk (laughs) away. It was laughable at that point. It was I was laughing at my chair and my seat. Like just I can't believe how bad it was. So bad.
0: Buddy, it's, uh, you know, you're watching history, okay? For, yeah. for better or worse, you're watching history. So, of course, it's hard to turn away. It's, it's, it's like watching a train wreck that you just can't seem to turn your head from. But you, uh, Drew earlier had said, what up, Tank Nation? I, I get the pun there because uh, Shark Tank, us tanking. Absolutely. Noah Claxton saying uh, that uh, Mike Greer is having a player meeting here uh, saying, you're making it too obvious out there. I told you guys no more than seven a game. <laughs> yeah oh my goodness i can't believe aaron let's just jump right into the games here yeah we'll get into that but mike
1: Greer did address the group which is kind of unheard of for a gm to address the group this early into a season but obviously it needed to happen so um
0: yeah we'll we'll get into that a little bit i guess a little bit later sounds good um yeah noah glaxon says shark shark's making history this year for the wrong reasons absolutely um yeah. And Peter St. John, same thing that Aaron was just talking about. It says so bad the fans are starting to call for Greer's head. That is a problem. Absolutely. And we will jump into that and address that. Uh, it's not just Greer, obviously. Uh, Quinn, uh, the main one that people have been talking about. But uh, before we get into that, of course, uh, a couple of things. First of all, if you are watching us, please feel free to hit that share button. Hit that retweet or repost or whatever it's called. Uh, get us out there to your Sharks friends and family. Uh, let them know that we are here. We are live. Clearly, they're not subscribed. Otherwise, they would have got the notification. They would have been in the chat with us, and we all be having a good, uh, good little laugh <laughs> right now. Uh, but, hey, thank you guys for being here. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, real quick, you can do that with the Super Chat function. You can also do that with uh Venmo that's at the Fin Factor and any comment that you put in there, uh, we'll go ahead and read it out live during the show. You can also go to finfactor.com support us there with any of the merch that we have for sale. Uh so just want to get that out there right away. Thank you so much. But Aaron, we're gonna jump straight into the Vancouver game. This one a big fat 10-1 loss. I mean that's a that's more than a touch. That's a touchdown a field goal, buddy. That's that's but- ugly what really sucked was the Sharks didn't score their
1: one until the end of the game. <laughs> it was 10 unanswered goals. And then they finally scored. And I'm not joking. There was maybe at that point, I would say 2,000, 3,000 at most people left. And it was actually pretty loud because people were, at that point, they were sarcastically cheering whenever uh, either Blackwood or Kakanin would make a save. And so when the Sharks scored, it just blew up because everyone was just like, sarcastic not quite sarcastically, but I guess kind of in a way cheering for the sharks. So I it was it was kind of funny. Just it was just like wow, that was really what did I just watch? What was that? It's terrible. And there wasn't even a giveaway on Thursday. At least Saturday night's game there was twice as many sharks goals and a giveaway, something to take home. So um I think they
0: sold out on Saturday too because that was a, such a sweet giveaway. I'm pretty sure they did. I know uh, one one friend of ours uh, w- was going to go to the game and uh, bought some tickets, and they're <laughs> still over a hundred dollars for the tickets. Oh. Oh. because it was the Penguins, right? The return of Eric Carlson, uh, and of course Sidney Crosby and, and all those guys that, that come to town. Um, but then, yeah, of course they had the uh, the jersey, the basketball jersey, uh giveaway as well. Warriors so. matchup, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which I saw someone at Costco actually was wearing one. It looked really nice. Uh, Wish wish I could have got one. Maybe we'll have to talk to uh, Mr. Doug Benz and see if we can uh, get a couple of those or represent them on the show. Uh, That would be awesome. So, yeah, 10-1. You know, there's only a couple things I even care to say about this game. And it's going to (laughs) be a lot of the same uh, with the Pittsburgh game. Um, Mm -hmm. With the Sharks in, in the Vancouver game, a lot of these goals... Came by way of defensemen just not even being there. Let's forget about being out of position; just not even there. Um, two on ones, three on ones, um, it, you know, and, and the other ones too, where the defenseman was there. Where it's just kind of like a cross-crease tap-in, and it's like, yeah, you got to clear the net. There's nobody. There's no um, nobody's contesting the front of the net uh, for the Sharks. So there's just it's they've got no bite, you know, to, to put it that way um so one of the things and again you're gonna hear a lot of that in the pitch room too so i'm not gonna harp too much on that right now um something that happened in this vancouver game the one thing that i was actually upset about we'll say for the entire game okay um capo getting his head clipped after the sixth goal now kuzmenko i think is how you pronounce this name is the guy that scored the goal kuzmenko. um yeah i don't have a problem with him okay uh he's the guy that accidentally clipped Capo's head on the way by him after he shot and scored. It was just he was too close and he was trying to get out of the way. Capo's head was there, bumped into him. Um, the reason I'm not upset with him is because he actually stopped immediately after that happened and had his hands up, like, oh, I, I just hit this guy. His teammates are coming over to celebrate with him, and he was like holding off his team, like, yo, not right now. Hold on. And he goes over and he's looking over at Capo, like, dude, are you okay? Um, so what I'm upset about is not that he got clipped. I'm not upset with the player. What I'm upset about is that not a single shark noticed this. Not a single shark came over there to see if Coppa was okay. They all just, oh, we got scored on, put their heads down, had their little pity party and skated back to the bench. The, the Canucks that were there that were trying to celebrate with Kuzmenko once they figured out that he was like, oh, wait a minute, I'd check on this guy. Once they figured that out, I felt like kind of all of them were like, OK, let's just, is he cool? And it, maybe they weren't all checking on him, but they certainly weren't celebrating and they were looking at him like, OK, is he, is he all right? Whatever. They showed more concern for the Sharks goaltender than the Sharks. That makes me mad. Um, and that should never be the case. I don't care if you notice it when you're on the bench, get off the bench, go check your goaltender out. If you're the guy that's hopping on the ice, hop on the ice, go check your goaltender out. If you're a guy that was supposed to be coming off the ice and you notice it, turn back around, go check your goaltender out. I don't understand how not a single one of them, not a single teal jersey went over to check on their goaltender And there's five Vancouver players that are standing right there, and they seem more concerned with the guy than anybody on your team. Now, Nico Sturm said in a post-game interview that nobody on the Sharks bench saw him down, and that's why. I believe him. I believe that he didn't see it. I refuse to believe that 19 other players, well, 17 18 other players because Capo's one. I refuse to believe that the rest of the bench didn't notice it. Okay. And if they actually did not notice it, then they're again, having their pity party on the bench and they're not paying attention to anything that's happening out on the ice. I just don't believe it. So, and so drew saying it looked like LeBanc saw it. I don't care who saw it. If anybody saw it, somebody should have skated over there to check on him, especially when the other team is showing more concern for your goaltender than anybody else on your team. If anything else, the optics of that, you should just think about the optics of that. They've got their whole team checking them out. and We're sitting here doing nothing because we're sad. I'm sorry. Get over there and check on the guy. What's the matter with you? Like I can handle losing, but that pissed me off. That, that was just for me, rock bottom. It doesn't get much lower than that. When you're down six, nothing, your goaltenders hurt and you don't care. That That's a problem for me. Aaron, am I jumping off the deep end here, or do you agree? I've we just stunk. <laughs> Groundhog Day. I just looked.
1: We talked about this two episodes ago when Nashville was playing and Forsberg fell on top of Blackwood and nobody did anything, and they said that won't happen again. Lies. It happened again. Kackening got hit. Was there anything that came afterwards? Absolutely nothing. It's absolutely pathetic that nobody checked on him Nobody stood up for him. Nobody dropped the gloves for him. Nobody did anything for him. They just let him leave the game because he got a head injury. Now, speaking of his head injury, we don't know the extent of what happened. It could be, I don't know if it's a concussion or if most likely because the way he got hit, he was kind of like, I think he was down on the ice and the guy skated through his head. So I think it was it would be more of like a neck whiplash kind of thing. But um, either way, he's hurt and they had to bring up Magnus Corona because he's not, Capo is not playing right now, so who knows how long that's going to happen. But yeah, that it's absolutely pathetic. This team is not a team. They are all individual players playing like they're individual players trying to get traded off of this train wreck. That's what it seems like and trying to do everything themselves, which is why it's exponentially growing worse
0: as we're going along. I want to call out Grandizer 12's comment here. It says, Paul, is that just an isolated issue or is it a locker room issue? Does that stem for the players or the coaches? Is it an isolated issue? Well, Aaron just answered that one. No, um, it, this has happened uh, before. Uh, nothing's been done about it. Uh, they said that it wasn't going to happen again. Happened again, as Aaron just said. Um, so, no, I. but now, now here's the thing. That's also not me saying that Nobody likes Capo. Nobody likes their goaltender. So to hell with that guy. I don't care if he gets hurt. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, and again, I use the term pity party. These guys are so fragile. We'll get to that word later on too. But they're so fragile that anything that bad happens, anything that, that causes them to sort of you know feel a little bit down, it causes a full-blown collapse. And then nothing matters. Our goaltender got clipped. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm sad now. Dude. Pick yourself up and just go play for the next shift. Go check on your goaltender. Whoever it was, he didn't mean to do it. I don't care. Hit that guy. Go after him. Show something. Show a little bit of heart. And this is what I'm talking about when I say, Aaron, that I want this team to be entertaining at least. When they just get railroaded but no one seems to care, that's not entertaining. If they lost 10-1, to 1, but they were like, hey, man, you don't touch my goaltender. I don't care if it was an accident. You go apologize and give him a candy gram. I don't care. <laughs> Something's got to happen, right? That's entertaining. What but when it? they're just like mm, 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 on the bench, come on, man. You guys are supposed the, to be professionals. There's be a lot of comparisons to the
1: first two years of the Sharks when they were first in the league because they were terrible like this. But what did they do when they couldn't score goals? They were fighting. They were yeah. entertaining. They were pummeling the heck out of the other team because they didn't want to get embarrassed and they knew they couldn't compete because they just didn't have the skill level. They're doing something is my point. I'm not saying fighting is the answer. Yeah, I'm not saying that they should be dropping the gloves all the time, but you got to give something. You have a sellout crowd on a Saturday and you turtle in like that and give up 10 spots after you already gave up 10 spots two nights earlier. Come on. You got to do something. You got to fire up the crowd. You got to fire up your team. Nobody's motivating anybody. They're all just playing for the paycheck and they're all playing to get traded.
0: I'll tell you what, no one's getting traded right now because no one's worth trading right now, um, which is just unfortunate. But Drew also said horrible leadership. Let's not forget the captain of this team is out. Okay. He's not on the bench to help with getting them back on track. So, for a lot of people that don't like Logan Couture and say he's not the answer, he's not a good captain, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you can't blame him right now, that's for sure. And you can't tell me they would do worse with him on the bench. At least when he's playing a little bit, I don't think that we would lose necessarily 10-1, to 10-2 to 2 as these games. Uh, maybe we lose big, but I don't think we lose that big. He's a big part of this uh, this offense, defense He's got a 200 foot game. Um, I, I think you know he he would bring a lot to the table, and certainly uh, on the bench when things are going downhill, I think he gets you know the mouth going. He's getting these guys butts in gear just a little bit, at least a little bit, right? So I don't know. For me, um, you say there's um, a lack of leadership. What was it was the term you said? Horrible leadership. It's not that it's horrible. It's that it's non-existent. It's just not there, right? So we'll have to see when Logan Chair comes back. I'm not expecting wins. Don't get me wrong. But I think when he comes back, he's probably going to be whipping guys into shape just a little bit more from the bench. And I hope, hope that we wouldn't see more of these 10-1, 10-2 uh, atrocities, yeah. really. So, um, yeah, again, for me, it's, it's, we can't even say that there's horrible leadership because he's, he's not even there, right? And the other leaders, the guys that would be leaders on the team, a guy like Pavelski, Thornton. Uh, Marlow, uh, uh, Carlson right all those guys are gone now so um, who do you have left that you look to for leadership right I mean Hurdle is he is he the guy that you're looking to for leadership I don't know maybe Sturm Sturm is a guy that I think um, is is going to be uh, a big leader at something. Mean, maybe he was, maybe he can be, I don't know. But right now I don't think he has a, as much of a voice in that locker room. He doesn't have the rapport with those guys. A lot of the new folks that came in that maybe a guy like say Joe Thornton did when he was captain with the, a big returning cast all the time. So I, you know, who do you look to for leadership here? I don't know that the sharks have anybody right now, other than Logan Couture, who could be that guy to provide that leadership. Aaron, is there anybody on the bench that that maybe you look at and go, that's the guy that needs to be firing these guys up without Logan there?
1: Maybe Duclair is the only other one that I can think of, but he's a newer guy. He's not, yeah, he's not a guy that's you know been there a while. I don't think Vlastic is the one that would step up in a room and talk to anyone. There's just there's too many kind of new faces in a way, and um, taking out. Coacher, man this is what it would be like if you traded Coacher, right and you don't have much coming back on the other end so I think once Coacher comes back in that lineup they're going to be solidified a little bit better in the up the middle because then you have Hurdle and Coacher as a one-two punch um, and then you have Granlin that could either be on the third line or even jump onto the second line let's say with Coacher. so um, I do think it will get better I also I mean I don't want to do complete doom and gloom I don't think you're going to go what oh 81 and one or whatever they're on track for um they did just go through a gauntlet of teams these teams are all winning records i think they're all winning records it, it, it was pretty brutal and, and no. people what was that pittsburgh no oh pittsburgh's the only one but yeah I, it's not like pittsburgh's a slouchy team they needed no. a slump buster and they got one so i think they're gonna start getting better now but my point is the sharks uh played a very tough schedule and they and people were talking about the schedule and how bad for the sharks it was to start the season cuz they knew it was going to be bad. So the sharks knew it. It wasn't like a surprise, but man, it's tough. It's tough when you got right now I think their their defensive core is just miserable. There's nobody that would probably be in the top 4 on a good team on this team. They're they're pretty much playing a bunch of sixth 5th, 6th, 7th defenseman and creating three pairings out of it and it's showing. It is really bad. And then you have your best defensive forward, which Peter St. John just said. They're totally missing Logan. In my opinion, he's one of the very best two-way forwards in the league, plays and excels in every situation. Absolutely. When you take that your best defensive forward out and you have a terrible defensive core, your team is not going to be good. Now, the one bright spot, I think, honestly, is the goaltending. Yeah, they just gave up 20 goals, but a lot of these goals were tap-ins they didn't really have a chance on. So it wasn't like they're still making some amazing saves. I think their goaltending is finally, to me, a lot better solidified than it has been in probably a decade. Um, and it's unfortunate that they just don't have the defensive core to help them and the defensive forwards are not playing very well either. So it, it's plugging a hole of a sinking ship and then more holes come shooting you in the face. So right now I think the hole for the goaltending is, is better than it was, than,
0: better than it has been in a long time. All up in your face, huh, <laughs> Hey, we keep referencing 20 goals. We've only talked about one game. Let's get to the second one against Pittsburgh. Uh, 10-2 to loss. It was the return of EK65, as we had said. And of course, you know, you get a big draw with guys like Crosby and Malkin and Latang as well. But I think for this one, there's a big uh, Pittsburgh contingent living in San Jose. Uh, and then, of course... With Eric Carlson coming back, they gave him a nice tribute and uh, he gave the fans a little wave and everything else. He had some complimentary things to say about the Sharks uh, in a pregame interview. I think it was maybe the day before where he was just basically saying, you know, they're going through basically they're going through hell right now. But it's going to be worth it because uh, that's part of the process of rebuilding. Right. So kind of nice to hear it from the guy that <laughs> that was making and half million <laughs> over here. Uh, but regardless, so in this game, Mackenzie um, Blackwood was in. He ended up getting pulled, which was uh, nice because it was kind of the debut here for Magnus Crona. So Magnus Crona came in. Unfortunately, things went just as bad for him. Uh, but again, as you said, and the same thing in the Vancouver game, there were so many of these odd man rushes There were so many of these like on ones, not just like three on two odd man. It was like on ones, three on one, two on one. Um, I don't know where the other defenseman is. Uh, I just kind of, you know, having having some time off by the bench, maybe you know, a little chat with the coach. Say, hey, how am I doing? You know, I don't know. But he's doing that in the middle of the game. So it's it's always like one defender back. And the other times that I've seen where it was more than one defender, it wasn't a defender. It was a forward like it was one with uh, Anthony Duclair. Uh, Anthony Duclair and and uh, Mario Ferraro pass goes across and Duclair takes a knee and Ferraro goes in, uh, over where the pass was, uh, so the pass comes back the other direction and there's a the guy for an easy tapping goal and these are the types of goals that are just you know you can't let happen. There's no, it, it's 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 not fair to blame goaltending for, for two games where it's ten goals against. But like the majority of the goals are these ones where it's just it's a pass across and it taps it in. The poor guy is stretching post to post as often as he can. Those types of goals, a goaltender isn't supposed to save. It'd be nice if he saves them. And it's certainly one that's a highlight reel. But that's why it's a highlight reel save It's because they're not supposed to be making that thing. It's incredible when they do it. So for them to have this many opportunities that are three on ones, two on ones that are just cross crease tap-ins or the defenseman's not even there. Or if he is there, he's not boxing anybody out. That was the biggest thing was that when the defenseman was there, he was completely ineffective, which is basically a pylon. And this happened in both games. But we're talking about the Pittsburgh game now. Um, this is one where we can sum the whole thing up. And we said it earlier in the show, but I'll say it again. This team is just mentally fragile, just fragile. Any sign of adversity and they fold. Um, And this is not the same as the team last season, Aaron. Last season, we always talked about how the Sharks were bad, but they had no quit. There was a lot of fight in this team. This team, I don't know if it's that they don't have some level of compete. They don't have the fight. um, Or if it's just that they're consistently out of position but I, in my opinion, from what I've seen and, and, and coach Quinn says more or less the same thing, they are just a very fragile group. If anything goes wrong, it, they may, it could be one, nothing. It may as well be down 10, nothing. It seems like they're just kind of, again, having these pity parties on the bench. Yeah. We just stunk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're they're It's like a snowball effect. Like it, it sucks when you're losing and you're in this losing culture, which is why we talked about why they sent Bortolo down, why Eklund wasn't around the last two seasons, because he doesn't need to be around this situation when his contract allows him to not be right. And to get better minutes. Um, Same with uh, Henry Thrun getting sent back down to the Barracuda. He's getting better minutes, more meaningful development time at the Barracuda level than this dumpster fire of a team in the NHL level. Um, Anyway, I think, um, uh, I forgot where I was even going to go with this, but <laughs> um, it's so bad. Okay. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, I'm so yeah, sorry, I uh, lost
0: my train of thought. It's yeah, I'm what? sure you'll get your train of thought back. But we did have these quotes that we were going to say from Quinn. Now, we don't have video on this because the Sharks haven't really taken much video. And Shang Peng is there uh, with his camera, but it's Shang's video we don't want to even go there with using somebody else's stuff. So uh, instead we have some of the quotes and I can read off some of the quotes if you'd like, unless Aaron, you figured out what you were going to say. No, go ahead. No, you're good. Okay. Um, Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of questions about uh, job security for coach Quinn. He says uh, in in terms of uh, him being concerned with uh, his, his uh, or his, coaching staff's job security. He said, "No, no. Uh I guess it's an obvious question. I don't think about that for 2 seconds. I got a job to do." Now, later on in that interview and it's kind of one of the last questions that was asked, um he went on to say, "I know you want to keep asking me about my job security and all of that. Maybe it's in a reporter's guide. That's what you're supposed to ask the coach after two games like this, but give me a break." <laughs> like again, like he they know, they knew uh from the season start that, you know, this was going to be this type of a season right where they've got a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of NHL hockey. They've got guys that are trying to prove themselves. They've got guys that are, you know uh, you know, like you said, Aaron looking for a trade, maybe that are just trying to kind of revitalize their, their careers. Maybe they had a little bit of a downturn, like a Zadina for instance. Right. And they're Mm -hmm. looking to uh, show that they still got it right. They're betting on themselves. Uh, And it's, it's one of those things where the chemistry isn't quite there because it's a whole bunch of new guys. And, um, you know, he says we we acknowledge that before the season and this is the situation that we're in, right? So it's it's it shouldn't come to, as a surprise, I guess, is what Coach Quinn is is saying here. So um just a couple of things that um you know the the great folks over at San Jose Hockey now, uh and, and those guys in the media room were asking those questions. We got uh, to to see the answers to those questions. So we wanted to share that stuff with you guys as well. So uh Aaron your thoughts perhaps on any of the uh, the things that Coach Quinn had to say even some stuff maybe that I didn't just go over but there were some other questions as well. uh sure, I just saw one from Anthony Sanchez. Hey guys who
1: still disagrees with me that it will be 10 years before we make it back to playoffs I don't agree with that. I don't think it's gonna be 10 years. I think it'll be a lot sooner than that actually and I think even I don't think they'll make playoffs next year, but I think they will be significantly better plus they're going to have a lot of cap space to sign some free agents. In fact, I had pulled up the free agent list available for next season. This is assuming that none of these guys between now and then are signing any kind of uh, extensions. But the number one, eight, number 1 free agent up there is Steven Stamkos. Would you take a Steven Stamkos on your team?
0: Uh yeah, I think most people would take a Steven Stamkos. He'd be 34 years old at that point. Don't care. Um <laughs> you know why He'll be 34 years old and uh wait wait when are you saying this is he's gonna be 34 next summer next summer yeah by the time he's free agent absolutely yeah and then and then sign him to a one-year deal and flip him to anywhere he wants to go (laughs)
1: yeah anyway um i i just i think with all the cap space you're gonna have will smith i wouldn't be surprised if quentin musty makes a good case for himself to join next season yeah um a couple of defenders that are that are coming in. Uh, um, the, it, I'm assuming Blackwood will still be here. I think I think next season is going to be a bigger turnaround. Again, I don't think they'll make playoffs next season, but I think it'll be a good building block season, and then the year after that. So I'm thinking in two seasons, I think they're going to be flirting with a playoff bubble team at that point. That's that's my thing. Okay. Plus, oh, plus the guys that you're drafting this season. They're going to possibly have three first-round draft picks this upcoming draft. One of those guys might even make the jump. Like, the top guy, the top pick, whatever, would make the jump next season. So, I think uh, I think there's a good chance that this gets turned around a lot quicker than... Um, definitely quicker than 10 years. I don't think 10 years is going to be... Yeah, Will Smith is not playing next year, though. I, I don't know about that. I... I think he wants, obviously he's playing at Boston. We'll know at the end of the Boston season, which is usually around March, if he signs a contract, uh, if he signs his entry level contract, and then um, uh, he could play at the end of this season and get some of those games in. So I don't know, man, I think Will Smith would make the case to make the team next year. Quentin Musty's another one. Um, A couple other guys that I can't even think of right now, but I, uh, Daniel Gushin is leading the AHL in scoring right now, right? Like, there's there's going to be yeah. signs of life. It's it's going to be coming. Um Yeah, and if they get the number one pick this year, he probably will be playing next season, and it would be a great situation for him because he's not going to be the number one center if it's, was it Celebrini's a center, right? Yeah, I think so. You still so. have Hurdle and you still have Couture so they can ease him in, um, get some third, probably a third line center, and then top power play time or second power play time running the second power play. So I think uh, the future is bright. They just need to work on getting for me. They need they the top was a blue chip prospect uh, at the defenseman level. They don't really have that right now. Um, There was a somebody had asked a question here. If you trade who was it uh, hurdle for Shabbat Thomas Shabbat in Ottawa I wouldn't be against that trade necessarily.
0: Well, I want to, I want to call out something here. Uh, And it's like a couple of people are maybe agreeing. Um, Hitman hockey says he doesn't think Will Smith's going to be anything. Um, And that drafting him over Mitch was the biggest blunder in shark draft history. Okay. I don't know that I agree with that, but I think some other fans here are saying like Timo time says he totally agrees. Um, there was talk that Mitch, ta- Mitch didn't want to talk with the sharks. Okay. So then couldn't have done anything about that anyway. So, uh, Timo time says, I promise you won't see Smith for another two years. You know, honestly, I, I don't even have a problem with that though. Like I'm totally fine with him. Um, you know, kind of dominating at the lower level to, to get that confidence going. And, um, I, I don't really have a problem with a two year plan for, for Will Smith. Uh, having said that we've got some other guys that are going to be coming up soon, hopefully. And then you've also got, like I said, or uh, we, we talked about Celebrini, uh, but there's also the other guy, Iserman. There's another, uh, Russian. I cannot remember his name. And the funny thing is this was supposed to be the draft year that was more defenseman heavy. And all we've heard about are, uh, these, these top forwards that are supposed to go one, two and one, two, three, really. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting because I really feel like there's there could be quite a bit of offense coming, uh, very soon. And obviously, this team uh, lacks offense, but boy, does it lack defense. So it will be very interesting to see what happens uh, with the Sharks with Mike Greer in terms of going out and getting those guys. Now we talked about the guys that are Greer's guys, right? The types of player that Greer wants, um, those hardworking type fellows. I'm curious uh, if, if you think that that's working, um, because obviously, I mean, it doesn't appear to be right. But are these guys good as, you know, um, depth pieces, but maybe not the building blocks of your entire team? Is that maybe where Greer kind of got this season wrong so far? And I don't mean he got it wrong in the sense that, gosh, we should be winning but gosh, we shouldn't be losing, uh, you know, by a goal differential of 17 minus 17 after two games.
1: Uh, yeah, he met with um, with the team. I think it was today or yesterday. I don't know which day, but he also talked with the press a little bit. And I have some quotes here from him. Uh, so from Greer saying this is Greer's quotes. The fans deserve more. The owner has been supportive and backing me and the team forever if the response isn't there and I'm not seeing what I need to see, then everything will be evaluated. I'm sure there'll be some changes made. He also said, um, cause he was asked about if David Quinn would be fired or not. And, um, what he wants to see is if the team is hard to play against, that's all he wants is the sharks to be hard to play against. And that'll show me the players are still buying into whatever the coaches are preaching. That's a big barometer. If they're hard to play against, if not, then maybe there will be changes behind the bench. um, this was terrifying to read since Greer and Quinn have been GM and coach respectively. The Sharks record at um, has been 22, 54 and 17, but at home eight 27 and 12, the shark tank used to be a very hard place to play yeah. for every team coming in. Um, regardless of the sharks are having an okay season or a really good season. It was always tough. So that is just terrifying. And, That's sad. Like to think about the last two seasons. How many wins have you seen when you've gone to the game? I'm trying to think of one, and I don't think i I don't think I've been to a win at home now in a few years. I haven't been to every game, but all the games that I've gone to, they've freaking lost. So maybe I should just stop going altogether. But uh, that's I think that we just stunk. A lot of people are probably doing that, which is hurting ticket sales. Um, But yeah, I. I don't know. I don't really agree with that. Will Smith assessment that uh, he's not good. And then the Meechkoff thing, um, he wasn't going to be here for three years. I was hoping that the sharks would take him because he would be here for three years because the sharks timeline, it made perfect sense for him to come in in three years. And if Will Smith comes here in three years and that's like, what's the point? You should have just drafted Meechkoff. Um, now does, does, uh, Greer have an affinity for Boston born players and, or not, not necessarily born, but Boston area players probably it's what he knows. And he knows all the people around there. So that's where his base is built. Um, I don't think that's going to take a huge influence on who he's going to take. Meechkov was, you know, it's behind the iron curtain a little bit. It's a little risky taking a Russian player, especially your very first, basically your first draft, because I feel like the draft that he was there, he was only there for what Hired three days before the draft, two days before the draft. I don't I don't consider that draft his. That was still Doug Wilson Jr. running that one. Um, so I think um, this was kind of his first draft and first decision-making process for such a big deal on the direction of where the sharks are gonna go in the future. And I think he had to make the safe, the safe pick was Will Smith. The the home run potential disaster is Michkov. What if you know the political unrest in Russia? He doesn't come over ever. What if something happens? You know, it's just, there's, I think too much of a risk. And then you don't have that outstanding Russian player. That's supposed to be like the next Ovechkin on your team, which I would love, but I understand. it. I understand it. Um,
0: okay. Let me see. Are you done with the uh, Greer quotes, by the way? Yes. I read I'm the wrong. Thanks eight, for right. paying attention. I would just, a. Hey. Just checking, buddy. I got I got other things. We just stunk. I'm doing other things in the chat here too. But, uh, let's see who is it that said. Oh gosh, where did it go now? Uh, oh, he was saying, uh, "Hitman uh, is is very passionate about this subject." He says, uh, "Even still, you draft Michkov, Um, I think he's saying the rumor was that I mean, he was going to um, only be drafted by a big hockey market. And Colin C said, he said, sorry, Hitman said, Colin, even if, even still you draft him. And then if he doesn't want to play for you, trade him. Uh, and then there's another comment here by uh, some genius in the chat that says uh, that puts you in a bad position with the trade partner, knowing you have to unload that player though, uh, whoever this is uh, spot on buddy, spot on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on that one. Look, if you're going to, if you're going to trade the player that you would pick there, you would just trade the pick um, and get something that you want out of that pick. Uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't trade the player. So you see his right. last comment.
1: Here's uh, the funny one. Here's the funny one. No.
0: Okay. Nikolai go
1: Goldobin is the leading scorer of the KHL. Is that true? Is he really the leading goal scorer or leading
0: scorer of the KHL? Hey man, just goes to show the KHL ain't that great of a league then. Okay. <laughs> that's incredible. That's true. That would be amazing. Uh, You know, what else is amazing? Minus 43 goal differential through 11 games. 43 now that that now that does not mean that they had 43 goals against that means 43 goals minus 43 so they have uh 10 goals for aaron is it on the season that was was it weren't they up to 11 now oh is it 11 because they can't possibly be um i'm gonna say 10 hold on i'm gonna look I- right now 12 <laughs> 12 4 55 against 12-4, 55 against. Yeah. 43, minus 43. Yeah, and 17 of that, minus 17 gold differential uh, in just the last two games alone because, again, uh, 10-1 and 10-2 losses. So uh, just incredible, historic Sharks hockey happening uh, this this year, guys. So, like I said, now is the time to jump in. I can't imagine it getting much lower than this. Um I don't even know what else to say about about that my goodness. No, wait, wait, wait. Don't, do you, don't
1: you jinx them. They're going to put up 11 now.
0: <laughs> hey, if they put up 11, I will buy myself a no record jersey, okay? <laughs> you heard it. You heard it. <laughs> Aaron, you've got a couple of uh posts here. We keep we say tweets, but they're not tweet. They're X's. We uh
1: we're talking about how historically bad the Sharks are. Yes, so Darren are. Stevens, if you're not following Darren Stevens, you need to follow Darren Stevens on X, Twitter, whatever Elon wants to call it. Um, He gives out amazing stats. He's just a total scat, stat geek that um, they, they're awesome. So he put minus 42 probably because he wrote this during the game. But um, <laughs> minus 42 goal for differential is the worst in NHL history through the team's first 11 games of a season. San Jose's 0-10 and one start is tied second worst, only to the Coyotes who did it twice, and the 43-44 Rangers, who are only team to start 0 and 11. So at least the Sharks have one. Well, they didn't have ties, or they didn't have uh, overtime back in the day when the Rangers were playing. Um, the other one, the next tweet that I got, uh, again from Darren Stevens: The 23-24 Sharks are the first team since the 71-72 Kings to lose consecutive games by at least 8 goals each. LA lost 10 to 2 at Montreal and then 8 nothing the Rangers the next day. Overall, it's the fourth time in NHL history a team has lost consecutive games by 8 plus. Making history, folks. Getting in those history books. Not in a good way, but at least they're there. They showed up, right? Or I guess they didn't show up. Um yeah, this is this is just so bad that again, all you can do is laugh. That's it. That's all you can do. Can't get mad. Just enjoy the process. It's going to be a long one. We're watching the sausage getting made, and it is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We just stunk. <laughs> Nobody wants to see how the sausage is made. Um,
0: oh. Harry, Harry Warden says, The curse of EK-65 e- e- continues. First the Sens ne- and then uh, now the Sharks and the Pens are next. Yeah, um... It's hilarious when when I heard how bad the Penguins were coming into that last game. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a team that has Eric Carlson on it now. It's it's, you know, and again, I don't have a problem with Eric Carlson, but you have to admit the teams he's played on have been pretty cursed. Like he's saying, my goodness. uh, What was this? One of the quarterback, the power play. Who, what is this now? I mean at this point get Paul and Aaron on skates. No, 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 no. You don't want that. Jeez. You'd be really mad if you did that. You guys think you guys think you're upset watching these guys play? You don't want me out there. That is for sure. I did Holy. just dust off my skates on uh Saturday with the kids and we went ice skating. There you go. That's fun. All right, so I guess in general, uh, the, the, the final story here about the whole minus 43 goal differential thing through 11 games is that we're, we're not hanging this on the goaltenders. I mean, we, we've, we've seen enough. I, you know what's funny, Aaron? Because it seems like every year when the Sharks are getting beat and we talk about, you know, oh, the goalies are bad or whatever else, and I'm always the guy that says, hey, wait a minute, it's, you know, it's a team game, the defense doesn't look good, et cetera, et cetera, and people call me the goalie apologist and whatever else, fine. Dude, I'm sorry. In these last two games, the 20 goals against, there's only a handful that I would really put on the goaltenders. And the the rest of it is just like, guys, you've got to show a little bit of support uh, to these goalies. And as Super Producer Jason put down here, you can also support the show with the Super Chat function if you'd like. I'm going to go ahead and say that one more time. Uh, And also uh, Venmo at The Fin Factor. If you'd like to put a comment there, you can uh, hear it uh, coming out over. Uh live chat here and we'll go ahead and and voice it and answer your question to the best of our ability so there's that kind of support but the support i was talking about was from the sharks to their goaltender uh they're not giving it to them there's no defense Uh, there's a lot of tic-tac-toe passing for easy tap-ins and there's nobody uh, in front of the net clearing anybody out they're just kind of standing there like a pylon letting the other team do whatever it is they want to do so um when you've got uh, a team surrounding you like that, I don't care what goalie you are. You're going to let in a handful of goals uh, and a handful more than you ought to. So I don't know, man. That's uh, that—that's kind of how we see it. Um, before I move on, I want to call out Anthony Sanchez because he says, guys, now my wife throws shoes at the TV instead of me. So that's a positive. <laughs> so see, it used to be, for those of you who don't know, Anthony Sanchez was the guy <laughs> whose wife would throw a shoe at him. Every time we talked about trading was a Burns. Burns, yeah. It was Whenever we talked about trading Burns, this was obviously a while back. Uh, but now she's moved on to throwing a shoe at the TV instead. So glad to hear that you are safe and sound, uh, Anthony. Uh, and uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Appreciate that, Aaron. Uh, the goal-scoring leader on this team. <laughs> who would have thought Fabian Zetterland's got three goals? Hey,
1: he's, he's a guy that could chip in some goals, but he shouldn't be leading a team in goals. But <laughs> I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's getting on the scoreboard and he's and he he's one of the guys. I feel like he's one of the few bright spots. He uh at least for the forwards, right? Like to me, I feel like he's out there hustling on almost every shift. He, he's not really he doesn't coast. He try he's he's working hard. And it's I'm glad to see guys like that get rewarded rather than other guys that have control or disconnect and they just skate. Like there's a play I remember watching this happen. I saw uh, Kevin LeBanc and I hate to keep calling him out but he was trying to skate and keep up with a guy on a back check and he was out of gas you could just see it he couldn't move and he just stopped moving his legs and just coasted and the guy I can't remember if he scored if he passed it off like because it was like a 2-1-0 um, but it was just like it was crazy so um, to me I think Zetterlin is one of the few bright spots and it's good to see him get rewarded um, still leading the team is Hurdle and he's got, let me double check this real quick. I think he's at seven, seven points in 11 games. He's got a goal and six assists. He obviously needs to step up the goal scoring. Um, Duclair had a pretty nice goal in the Pittsburgh game on the power play. Got in the high danger chant or high danger scoring position and buried it. I thought it looks like a very good goal. Um, at that point, the game was already well out of hand. So it wasn't a huge deal, but um Lines in the blender coming up for tomorrow night's game, which is exciting because now the big news is that they have moved William Eklund up to Tomas Hurdle's line. So we'll see how that plays out with uh, the game tomorrow for at least the offensive side of the game.
0: Yeah, Yeah. um, I have not liked uh, the combination of Eklund and Cunning. Yeah. That, that's been very disappointing. Uh, Eklund's doing everything he possibly can, and Cunningham's just. For, I mean, I like the guy, don't get me wrong, but he just can't seem to capitalize on any of the setups that uh, Eklund has, has given him, and there have been quite a few. Uh, so it's a shame. Uh, I will say this, though I don't think the team was nearly uh, this bad when Henry Thrun was in the lineup.
1: So, <laughs> Maybe that's why go. he got demoted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We're There's looking like, okay you need, with you here. You so what you're to, doing. You need to stop it right now. <laughs> Probably the case. Uh, it's going to wreck Eklund, Hitman says, <laughs> Yeah, Cunningham is a fourth liner. You know, I I would say he's, I would put him on like a third line on a decent team. Um, I can see where you might say fourth line as well. But um, he's one of those guys that, you know, we have the garbage collector slide, which we haven't really been able to use this season much. But, you know, he's the guy that gets in front of the net, gets the goalie's eyes, gets these trash goals. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily call him a fourth liner. I mean, you know, he's a little bit higher than that to me, but for a guy like Eklund to be making the plays that he's been making and for him to just not be able to capitalize on it's really been, like I said, kind of disappointing. So um, I, you know, I'd be interested in seeing how Zadina would work with Eklund. I think that one might um, look a little better. I know Zadina hasn't looked great lately, but I think he's the type of guy that could capitalize on the passes that Eklund's making. Uh, he Buy him a little bit of time and space. And Zadina could probably uh, get a few more goals. Playing alongside a guy like that. That's kind of my thoughts on that one. But I don't know. I'm cunning because um, he works hard.
1: Every shift. Yeah. He's working hard. That's And that's sure. why he's playing up in the lineup. Because he is working hard. Other guys are not. I'm not saying he shouldn't be a fourth liner. Or he should stay. He should be a third or fourth liner. He shouldn't be up in the lineup. But because he's working hard. He's getting up in the lineup. That's why he's up there.
0: So some folks are are actually calling for Greer's head in this Some folks want Greer gone and it's that to me is shocking uh, because again this is it's a rebuild. he needs time for the rebuild. I think a lot of hockey fans um, are maybe sometimes a little bit newer to the sport and they're used to like basketball for instance, where you can draft a guy who can immediately make an impact on your team and then carry that team, uh, you know, to, to a playoff berth or something like that. The hockey is not quite like that. So it takes time for the guys that get drafted for the trades that you make. Um, There's a lot more players that, that actually, you know, step on the ice than there are like players on a basketball court that would step on the court. Right. Um, So there's a whole lot more moving parts. Uh, for, for hockey, and there's a lot of things that need to happen, right, for for a lot of players to make a team good. You can't just have one and, and expect that, hey, we're going to be awesome now. So I, I can't put Greer, um, you know, to the grindstone for this. Uh, we all knew that this was going to be a rebuilding year. We all knew that they were going to be uh, really bad compared to even last season when we were really bad. So, um, I, again, I think Greer just needs a little bit more time, a couple years, um, to really show that he's on the right track, and I think so far even he's he's showing that he's on the right track, not by the record, obviously, but simply by uh, the amount of draft picks that he's collected, um, the, the, the trades that he's made, getting some of the contracts out of here to bring uh, younger talent, prospects, draft picks to bring those things in because that is what you want out of your rebuilding stage. You're not looking at the team's record in the rebuilding stage. You're looking at what's the draft capital they're bringing in. What's the futures that they're bringing in. And so far, I think Greer has done that. I think Greer has really gone after the futures, not just in the players, but also, as we've said before, he's bringing in development staff. He's bolstered those departments more uh, than I think any Sharks team maybe has in the past. I think there are positions that were just created um, on, on this Sharks team that the Sharks didn't even have in the past. I think it was like a guy that was wearing many hats or they just didn't bother with a lot of this stuff. But we're, we're seeing a lot of guys that had can't, uh, come in when Greer came into the league that just were hires, not replacements, just full-blown hires. Uh, so he's just adding staff. And a lot of that has to do with the development for younger uh, younger players, the prospects. So I, I think in terms of where we are, absolutely Greer is doing the right things. It's just that it's not something that the fans want to see. Again, they don't like seeing how the sausage is made. It's, it's ugly, right? It is ugly. The on ice product right now is ugly, but the things that are happening behind the scenes so that the future won't be ugly. I think he's doing the right things. Aaron, would you agree with that sentiment?
1: Yeah, I think there's different ways to do a teardown and a rebuild, right? There's, there's the Chicago way where it was a fire sale and they got rid of everybody and they luckily got Bedard. If they didn't get Bedard, would they be being criticized as much as Greer's right now. Probably. Um, Colin C28. People forget the Giants, Niners and Warriors went through their own rebuilds. Remember when people booed Joe Lake up when they traded Monte Ellis? I do remember that because mm-hmm. they said at that point, they said Steph is the future. Monte was kind of in the way. And so they, they traded him and people are like, you're, you're nuts for trading him like that. That's going to blow up in your face and did it? No. So, um, Greer's kind of doing a slower teardown and rebuild. He's giving away pieces. Now, people are also complaining that they didn't get enough prospects back. And that's always going to be a complaint that uh, I would never have traded Timo for this without getting that. Well, that's not what the market dictates. No team was going to do it because the cap space and everything else, because most teams in the league right now are stuck up against the cap. So they have to get very creative for this, for any any kind of trade that's going to happen, especially for these contracts that are long, either either long in years or in money or both. In most cases, the Sharks had a lot of both. Um, So there's only so much that Greer can do, and he can't just blow up the team and sell everybody for next to nothing. Um, So what was important for him, especially in that Timo trade, instead of getting one prospect back, I think he got... A couple of things plus draft picks and all this other stuff, and that was what he was saying: was we could have gotten a deal where we would have gotten. I forgot, I can't remember the name. Was it was it Dawson Mercer or was it? Uh, There's somebody else in New Jersey that that a lot of people wanted, and uh, Holtz. I think they could have. Was that Holtz? Holt. Yeah, Holtz. Yeah, I want to say the name was Holtz. Um, essentially, he could have gotten that, but he want. He's slowly rebuilding the team and getting what we thought were NHL caliber players so that he can get them in the lineup. Um, younger guys who are more ready. Uh, I'm just terrible. With his name Mahouk Madolan. Is that Mook was it? Mook Madolin, <laughs> Mook Madolin. so close. Um, I am the I'm Dan Rizanowski of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what he can bring. Cause that was pretty much the biggest piece coming back other than the first round draft pick. Um, so I, I don't know. I, and, Hitman hockey cards. Greer wants quantity over quality, mainly because what if that prospect is a bust? Now you traded Timo Meyer for nothing. At least you're kind of spreading out the the hits, if you will. If something goes wrong, right? Mook. Ugh, I'm going to be terrible. Mook Medulin. Mook Medulin. <laughs> um, has tremendous potential. He's not going to be a stud number one defenseman. But I think he could be probably more of what at at his at his peak would be a top pairing defenseman for a top offensive defenseman. That makes sense. He'd be more of the I think the more stay at home guy, but um, whatever. I mean, look, how's Timo Meyer doing on New Jersey right now? Yeah. Bench. Yeah. When he was on the Sharks, he was the man because he had to be. Now he doesn't have to be in New Jersey and he's not thriving plus how many other teams are out there in in that were able to get him right or in the running to get him yeah
0: that would be able to afford him See, I many. think I think there's a difference because a lot of us can theory craft some better trades right we could have, we could theory craft better returns but like you said it's not what the market uh, dictates so you you get what you can get i mean what's the alternative right if you don't get exactly what you want new jersey says fine well, we just won't make the trade and then you're stuck with a guy who you're going to have to pay what, 10 million a year to keep him on in on a team that's rebuilding. I I don't know. I, I think you you kind of just have to do whatever you can. You got if you have to get rid of him, if you're not getting the exact return that you want, but you're getting something that's sort of acceptable, then you have to do it because otherwise he's just going to walk. You're not going to end up resigning the guy. Would that be better with him just walking? I don't think so. So I think, again, maybe you can call it getting fleeced if you want to. But that, again, at the time, that's what the market dictates. If there was a bigger market for Timo Meyer, he would have got a bigger return, period. Right. So I think he did the best that he could with with the cards that he had. Um, so I don't know. Again, I'm I'm hopeful. And hey, who knows? If Timo ends up going uh, you know, to the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever that part of the deal is, okay, we get another first-round draft pick out of it. Okay, great. Is it going to be a late-round one? Obviously, if they make the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, sure, but it could be something that we package together as part of a trade, so who knows? So I don't know. I, I think you, you have to take what the market dictates if you are going to trade that player. We didn't have a choice. We needed to trade that player because, again, he ain't going to sign with us again. And if he is, he's, he's costing way too much money for a team that is in the middle of a, or going to be starting, I should say a rebuild. So I don't really fault him for that. We've talked about this trade, you know, kind of ad nauseum, but again, I, I don't really fault him uh, for the Timo trade. Um, is he worth more than that? Sure. But again, this isn't like, you know, EA sports, we can't, you know, force the computer to do one thing or the other. So uh, it, it is what um, the, the market dictates as Aaron said. So, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see how that one shakes out again. It's going to be, you know, probably a couple of years until we look back and say, you know what? This was really good for the Sharks or man, that was really, really bad We the, with the capital that we got back. We didn't use it properly or whatever. That's, to, you know, for the future to figure that one out. So uh, we have a lot of experienced GMs here in the chat. Yeah. You know what, man? I, I think a lot of folks. Um, they, they enjoy that though. That's part of the fun of it, right? It's like fantasy hockey. It's, it's the same type of thing where you look at, you know, cat friendly and you start doing your own kind of armchair GMing and everything. And it's fun, dude, don't get me wrong. But for you to say, man, they should have done this. Why didn't they do that? Well, that wasn't on the table then, right? I doubt that there's a scenario that we could think of that professional GMs haven't figured out that maybe I would like that instead. I, I seriously doubt that. So I think it just comes down to, as Aaron said, uh, what the market dictates. And in this case, that's that's what we were able to get. So uh, is what it is. I don't think that makes Greer a pushover in any way, shape, or form. I think he just did the best he could with the situation that he was dealt. Um, we're talking about Greer maybe getting fired, but I think <laughs> the more likely scenario here, and this will be our roll call question, is should Coach Quinn get fired now I've got my opinion I'm sure Aaron you've got your opinion as well but let's say this now okay there you go what city are you watching this from and should coach Quinn get fired now Aaron I've talked a bit here already I'm gonna pass this one off to you you will go ahead and and let me know your thoughts on the situation with uh, coach Quinn I mean
1: if we just stunk
0: (laughs) double
1: digit Goal scored against then I don't think I think he's handcuffed and doesn't have a choice and has to fire him I don't think he should Um, again I think when coach Chair comes back he's going to be a little bit better the team will be better defensively I'm not going to say they're going to start winning and going on streaks but they're not going to be as embarrassing Um, I think uh, he also had a rough patch the team had a rough patch of going through the gauntlet of those ridiculously good teams I mean Pittsburgh was the one losing team on the schedule and it's not like they're slouches, right? Um, I think uh, he's definitely I wouldn't say on the hot seat, but his seat's getting warm. How about that? So I I was talking about this in the fantasy hockey group. I don't think they should really assess him until probably closer to New Year's, because at that point we should know and what's the point of firing him? Like what is someone else gonna come in here and do anything better? I don't think so. So I, unless you have the future coach already lined up and ready to go i don't think there's anyone that you could really bring in that would change this to turn it around especially in midseason, i think you just let it play out for another year um but definitely reassess by i the latest would be new year's maybe even a little earlier maybe the end of this month if it's really bad and then the end of uh, new year's what do you
0: think well, I think I want to call out uh, Peter St. John's comment here first. Uh, it says, I think it's likely that whoever takes over is going to be hard pressed to do better. Absolutely. I, I, to me, this isn't a problem with the the coach uh, so much as uh, what the coach has to work with. And again, we can lay that at the feet of uh, GMI Greer, but again, this is a rebuilding year. We knew this team was going to be this bad. And even in, uh, I'll go back to you know the quotes that we had uh, from, from Greer. I'm sorry, not from Greer, from, from Coach Quinn uh, that we already had said earlier is that, um, you know, again, if you look at some of the guys we have, we haven't played a lot of NHL hockey. That's the situation we're in, right? Guys trying to prove and establish themselves. We all acknowledge that before the season started. That's the situation we're in. So it's like there's no surprises here. We knew we were going to be this bad. You knew we were going to be this bad. The GM knew we were going to be this bad. Everybody knew we are going to be this bad. I mean, to take a look at every article written before the start of the season. They said power rankings. It was everyone in the NHL, some D1 hockey clubs, and then the San Jose Sharks. Everybody knew we were going to be the worst team in the league, right? And, and yet here we are talking about, oh, Coach Quinn needs to be fired. Well, I don't think he needs to be fired because of the performance of the team and the record of the team, okay? What I do think, if he's going to get fired, is that, you know, there are still standards for even on a rebuilding team, there are still standards. You shouldn't be losing games 10-1, 10-2, back-to-back. That's ridiculous. If they lose the next game 10-anything, I don't care if it's 10-9. If they lose the next game 10-anything, now now I'm on board. Okay, we need a change of, of of coaching. Now I'm on board because then it's just a matter of the message isn't getting through. The players aren't respecting uh, the they you know what what the plan is in fact I think I might even have something from Duclair here kind of saying that and I will flip through a little bit yeah here it is I don't know what else the coaches can do it's on us they're doing a great job motivating us and getting us ready for the games the game plan is the game plan we just got to follow it right now as players we're not following it are they not following it because the the message from Greer is just deaf net they're, they're deaf to it now is that what, what the problem is because if so a new coach might help get that message across whatever that message is. Right. But I don't think that any other coach, I think it was, uh, I forget who it was. I don't think any other other coach is going to do any better necessarily by with, with, you know, having new pieces because there are no new pieces. He's the new piece. So he's working with the same group of players. You're going to have the same problems. And it's just a matter of whether or not your message gets through. So if Quinn's message is not getting through, then I could see, okay, let's, let's remove him. Put somebody else in in place and see if we can get the message through. Now, are we still going to lose games? Yes. Do I care? Absolutely not. I still want them to lose (laughs) games, okay? But again, the point is you should be at least entertaining to watch. And when you're losing 10-1, 10-2, those are not entertaining games. The players aren't listening to the coaching staff if that's the case. They're not following the game plan. At least follow the game plan. You're going to lose a game, lose it 5-2. Okay, I'm fine with that. But this 10-1 stuff, holy smokes, that stuff's got to go. Uh, so that's kind of my take on whether or not coach Quinn, uh, should be let go. I think, you know, in the next couple of games, if they're getting blasted like this, and I think even Greer, right, Aaron, Greer had said this, like they, the, the, fans deserve better than this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said that now I was just thinking about this as we were sitting here and talking, uh, looking back at his quote, if the response isn't there and I'm not seeing what I need to see, then everything will be evaluated. And I'm sure there'll be some changes made. Do you think a trade early kickstarts this team? Cause then everyone's kind of on high alert. Like, Oh my God, I could be gone. I could be out of here. Maybe it's a little bit different because the sharks aren't expected to be good. It's not like, and someone said this earlier. Do you see how bad Edmonton is? <laughs>
0: Did you see how bad they are in the standings? Can I tell you you something, though? What? Edmonton is at least entertaining to watch, though. That's the difference. They have two wins. Sure. They have
1: Connor McDavid and have two wins. And Leon Like That's a team that's supposed to be a cup favorite, and they are four points better than the Sharks in the standings.
0: I'm not overly concerned until until when, Aaron. When's the time that we start judging teams? Thanksgiving. There you go. Once we get past Thanksgiving, yeah. past the 20 game march, uh mark or so, I, yeah. I, I think we start seeing what Edmonton's really all about.
1: I and I don't we don't need to talk about Edmonton. It's just like it's very different when you are Edmonton versus the Sharks this season because they're the expectations are so different for both yeah. teams. Right? I don't I don't know.
0: I, I think uh Hitman, so. sorry. Hitman says Edmonton is a bigger disappointment than San Jose. I agree with you because Edmonton is supposed to be higher up in the, in the Sharks. Again, every article you ever read preseason said Sharks are going to be last in the in, in the world. Okay. They're going to be last. So this is what we thought was going to happen anyway. So I, I agree. I, with think you we there. Might, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a
1: trade by Thanksgiving for the Sharks to shake things up.
0: I, I could possibly see that happening. Yeah. Um, um. There's a question. Oh, go ahead. I. I. Are you gonna do? Is a question in the chat, or are you gonna do the Reddit one? The Reddit one. Okay. Go ahead. Fire away. All right.
1: Question on Reddit: Who are you sending to the All Star Game from this team as
0: of right now? Who would you be sending? Does every team get representation in the All Star Game? There's one. There's one player from every team. A hundred percent,
1: all the time. They had to. Otherwise, nobody from their team it's gotta
0: gotta be it's gotta be like eklund maybe or or zetterland or whoever has the most points come come that break right now it's hurdle he's got several
1: points in 11 games i would think
0: hurdle to me it's hurdle sure
1: nobody in their comments was saying hurdle i was like what what's wrong with hurdle he's already been there once and he had fun he's a he's a very charismatic guy he's perfect representation for the sharks
0: The next man says, yes, you have to send one. I thought I thought that there was a possibility of uh, a a team or two not actually being able to send one.
1: I think they did that a couple like a while ago, a long time ago. They were there wasn't a rule that you had to send
0: one. And but then teams are sending like three or four and teams had zeros like, you know, out of respect for the integrity of the game. Whoever gets picked from San Jose needs to fake an injury, not go. Because we don't deserve to be there. Okay. Allow another player who is actually good to go to the All Star game, represent their team with their teammate, whatever. But yeah, I think out of respect for the game, you you back out. That's, <laughs> that's, that's back from the Kuda. Hell out.
1: That's a good one. <laughs> what? I, Sangushin from the CUDA. Um, yeah, there you go. William Eklund has the same amount of points as Philip Zadina. Okay. Zadina has two goals. Eklund only has one goal and one assist. He needs to start. Hopefully he starts now that he's going to be on the top line, that he starts putting stuff together. You're but saying Eklund needs to? Eklund needs to. Before he goes to the All-Star game, he needs to step up.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. He's, yeah. no, there shouldn't be a shark going to the All-Star game. I'm, that's <laughs> I, I think the, Even the league should go, hey, we selected Hurdle, but come on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Nope, not Luke cunning nope. <laughs> he ain't going baby Luke all-star cunning LM you are smoking buddy I don't think so um, okay sorry yeah who are you saying uh, I, I don't send anybody so there you go that that's my, my no matter who gets picked I tell them hey don't don't be that guy don't be that guy so there you go you know what I here's one guy I wouldn't mind though and uh, a lot of people may be gonna get a little upset and that's fine but uh, did you know Phil Kessel is still a free agent? <laughs> Did you see what I wrote in the notes? You, well, yeah, he's eating hot dogs. He's just sitting on the side, hammering hot dogs, just enjoying life as a free agent, chilling. I got, would I would offer this guy a contract at this point. Have, and again, three rings now? Yeah, he's got three. Three right? In Toronto, they told him you'll never be a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone, he's won three. And they still have not been to the finals since. So here's what I do. Here's what I do. Okay. I signed Phil Kessel. Okay. I don't, cause nobody wants him right now. Nobody's signing him. So I'd sign Phil Kessel. I'd have him play it out. What's the worst that could happen? We lose every game. Cause that's kind of what's happening. So, Oh, he says, but we don't have the cap space. Honestly, I think he would say, I mean, do we have any cap space? Do we have a little cap space? Cause I feel like this guy just wants to play in the show. We have, I think he just wants to play. But our no current cap signing. space is
1: three and a half million. We but, have three and a half million, but we have Couture on IR. So that's taking a chunk. off. Fair and enough. He comes
0: back. That'll, that'll change. I would find a way. I would find a way. And I would get Phil Kessel on this team. Not because I think he's going to help us win any games necessarily. Not because I want to win any games necessarily, but I feel like Phil Kessel could be this guy that a lot of teams are looking at going, ah, we just can't, we don't, we can't fit him on the team or we don't think we think he's old and washed up. Give him the opportunity, one year contract, pay him the, you know, let's say we had 3 million in cash space, whatever, pay him the 3 million. And then when it comes time to move him on to another team, retain half of that. Why? Because at the end of the season, that contracts off the books anyways, right? And you're doing somebody else. Another team is solid to me. That makes 100% sense if it means that you can get, I don't know, a third round draft pick out of it or whatever the case may be. I would I, totally go for this. I um, wanted, like, in the pre, in before the season started,
1: when free agents opened, I wanted the Sharks to sign him. Um, I would at this point, I definitely would have rather have had him than Hoffman on the team. Hoffman's making over four million dollars that easily could have gone to Kessel, done a better job we'd probably, he probably have like five goals at least in leading the team right now. And he probably yeah. <laughs> 10 hot
0: dogs in both of those games too. <laughs> you know what? I think that's a selling point. If, if you ask me, a lot of people, you know, why do players like playing in San Jose and it's the weather and everything else? And that's great. I think for Phil Kessel, this team is so bad that they would allow him to have hot dogs on the bench. Okay. And I think that's a major selling point for Phil. You laugh all you want, buddy. I'm just saying. I think they they do a bobblehead of him as a hot dog vendor. (laughs) I think they need the bobble, but not the bobble head, the bobble hand where it's holding the hot dog and it goes like this. (laughs) I think that'd be great. You know, hey, uh, any any Sharks reps that are listening in on this? It's my idea. You can come talk to me. Very small percentage. I'll take right off the top. Uh, Yeah. Colin says Hoffman is a shell. I guess he means of his former self. And I could see him getting waved. I don't know. I don't know about waved, but uh, take them. yeah. I mean, If they bury him in the
1: minors, it only takes off like 700,000 in the cap yeah. space. So it's not, yeah, doesn't do much.
0: Let's go to Costco, get him a hundred hot dogs for a hundred bucks. CJ, see CJ's got it figured out. I'm telling you, buddy, get those hot dogs ready on the bench for him. And just any he, hey, day in between a shift, you feel like a dog, buddy. Here you go. doesn't matter if it hurts your performance. were bad anyway. Who cares? Right. <laughs> All right, Aaron, let's uh talk about our future miseries here. Uh, we've got some right. games. We've got Tuesday against the Philadelphia Flyers, Thursday against the Edmonton Oilers, which some folks in the chat are telling me that's going to be a dub for the, the very first dub of the season for the San Jose Sharks. Uh Friday at uh, at the Vegas Golden Knights and then Sunday at the Anaheim Ducks. Aaron, oh, CJ Waiting for that super chat, adding Marlowe and Thornton, <laughs> adding Marlowe and Thornton with some more tickets. Yeah, that's true. It probably would some more tickets. Uh, anyway, so these four games here, Aaron, talk to me about those four games. What do you think? Um, I know we, we've we talked a little bit about, um, you know, when when in, in earlier seasons, how the record would go. And then this season's kind of been how much are they going to lose by. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Are we talking about how much they're going to lose by with all four of these games? Are we in contention with any of these ones? Again, we got some folks in the chat saying Edmonton's the Edmonton's the game. It's the game we're going to break the streak. I, I the
1: if there's a team that they're going to beat, it's either Philadelphia or Edmonton. Those two, I nice. can see them beating either one of those. So, which team is going to be the one that ends the losing streak for the Sharks? And you know, no team who wants to be in that position either. So, um, yeah, I can, I can see either one of those two being a win. Um, I don't think Edmonton, I think Edmonton is just going to smoke them. I think the sharks are going to be a slump buster again for Edmonton and they're going to turn things around starting on Thursday. Um, the Saturday slump much, busters, huh? Yeah. Friday's pretty much a scheduled loss, a back to back going into Vegas after being home against Edmonton. So, um, that that means that most likely will be the actual win for the season, the first win of the season in <laughs> Vegas on the road on a back to back. Um and then Sunday Anaheim, Anaheim's kind of surprising people and they're pretty good, so I don't see them beating Anaheim uh, right now. They're playing
0: they're a pretty hot team right now. Really? Yeah, it's kind of tough. Okay. So. I don't know, man. Uh, I want to go through some of the chat on, on, on some of these because there's some pretty funny stuff happening here. Um, let's see. I think it was Hitman. Was it Hitman? Uh, well, Ben and Gunsry says 68 losses now is probable. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. Uh, Peter St. John says, I don't think we're going to win any of those games. Peter, it's hard to argue with you because we haven't won a single game all year. Uh, Hitman says they won't beat Philly. There you go. Uh, but he says Edmonton, Edmonton seems like it's going to be the game that uh...
1: watch us lose to Edmonton, but then beat Vegas.
0: <laughs> that's what I was saying. <laughs> Jeez, man, that would be what bizarre world are we living in? If that's that's what happens, you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, oh, my God. OK, so uh, Noah says no. When we play Edmonton, it's the first game we score three or four, but lose by giving up five or six. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it's been going, uh, except we haven't scored that many. It was most we scored all year it was two in a game, wasn't it? Twice we did in the last game. We did twice against yeah. Pittsburgh. We don't have any games that we've scored three is what I'm, my my point there. Yeah. No. Uh we can't win. We only score one goals. Well, one goal. But no, we did score two, Anthony Sanchez. Uh watch us lose to Edmonton beat Vegas. Noah shares your enthusiasm for that comment. There you go. Uh <laughs> Scotty K. The worse the sharks do, the
1: more people watching the Fin Factor Live. This is true.
0: Isn't that weird? <laughs> No, we just noticed
1: bad. they're historically bad. Everyone wants to weigh in and and dump more on them. So yeah, it makes sense. It's either, so funny. Either one we, way or the other, right? It, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Either, really either well. one, we're really
0: good. Lots either of people really show play. up really yeah. bad. Lots of people show up. I don't know. It's is what it is, man. <laughs> like, like we said, no matter what we're here for you. Okay. This is like our weekly therapy session for Sharks fans. Uh, you know, we don't have all the answers, but we certainly like talking about it. So uh, again, we, we love having you guys here. This is what makes the show so much fun for us, is having you guys in here uh, chatting it up. I know there's a little bit of contention, maybe, in the chat right now. Some guys uh, disagreeing a little bit here and there. But, uh, you know, it's it's all misery for everybody. So uh, we can at least uh, share that with each other. So there you go. Uh, we just stunk. I <laughs> think uh, some of these
1: younger guys, we can highlight a little bit of it. Like, they're playing yeah. pretty well, right? Sure uh i think you sent me a list didn't you
0: oh you know what i want to i want to call out um nick nick hbk 150 who's a fan of the show i haven't seen him in the chat here so maybe he's uh got better things to do can't imagine what that might be <laughs> but yes he did send me uh, a suggestion as something to talk about uh with uh with you fine folks here and it's going to take me a while uh, to figure to out where that was was that you want me to read them off yeah go ahead fire away right. you got it
1: Will Smith is playing NCAA in eight games. He's got five goals and six assists. Quentin Musty, who has become one of my favorite players, I'm very excited about because uh, I watched him play a few times, and he's a man amongst boys. Nine games, five goals, eight assists in the OHL. Kasper Haltinen, uh, he's playing in the OHL. He's got 15 games in. He's got 10 goals and assists. Uh, Jake Furlong, he playing in juniors, Quebec major juniors, uh, 16 games. He's a defenseman. He's got one goal and 13 assists. And Luca Cagnoni, who plays in the WHL, 13 games. He's got two goals and 17 assists.
0: I want to say that's pronounced Cagnoni. Cagnoni? Yeah. Is that the Italian? I know there's a G there, but I'm pretty sure. Sorry. No, no worries. Just trying to help (laughs) and do my part as the Dan Rezanowski of the show. Thank you. So there you are. Okay. So, you know, again, we talked about how, you know, the Sharks didn't have, they're not rebuilding properly or whatever else. Well, we we do have some some pretty promising prospects. They're doing well in their respective uh, leagues. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, that would be promising for the future. Maybe not next year, maybe not even two years from now, but hopefully a little bit down the line, uh, we see these guys kind of stepping up, stepping in. And don't discount the Barracuda either. You know, even if some of these guys don't make it to the show, if they're playing for the San Jose Barracuda, they're also a part of a team uh, for other prospects that will eventually be playing on the Sharks and are a part of that development as well. And when you're playing with uh, good enough players, guys that are... Um, you know, playing well in the AHL, but just can't quite get it done in the NHL. Uh, it's still helping your development quite a bit. So they do still have their role to play uh, in that capacity, even if they don't make it to the show. So, uh, you know, again, fingers crossed uh, for these guys. We we hope the best for them, obviously, because it means the best for the team. But um, it sounds like, you know, there's there's quite a handful uh, of, of recent prospects Guys that are, you know, from from picks that maybe Greer had or or uh, some some trades that that happened there, um, in, in this regime that uh, that could turn into something hopefully. So you know, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. Again, a lot of this stuff when we're talking about a rebuilding team, a lot of people are focusing on the right now, and really the the GM and everybody else in the organization is more focused on uh, the futures and what the team is going to look like. So. Um, in any case, uh, he said, Anthony Sanchez says, go watch the CUDA. Yeah, we, I mean, we we had done that last season, actually. So um, this season, it seems like the the better players from that were, were moving up into uh, uh, the, the main club. But, um, yeah, I don't know. If, if Bortolo's going back down and Mook Medoulin's out over there, those are two of the three guys that I was interested in. And Eklund's the one guy on the strikes trying to do anything, and it's just not getting it done. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Aaron, uh, any other thing you want to call out in the chat here? I know we've been going for a little bit.
1: Yeah, Ben just said, back to the All-Star question, no-brainer, send the Fin Factor crew. It's obvious how well you all performing, keeping things entertaining, given what we've got right now, All-Star level, man. Thanks, I appreciate that. That's awesome. It's good to hear. Um, It is tough. It's hard when, man, I went to that game on Thursday and then looked at the score on Saturday because I was too busy even watch the game. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe... Two games in a row giving up ten goals. This is, I was like, oh, Monday night's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. People are gonna want to talk about it. Either we're gonna have nobody show up, or we're gonna have a lot more people show up. So I'm glad it was the latter. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, there's some some great comments. Thanks for all the uh the participation tonight. It's, it's fun and it helps, kind of gives us a good chuckle and uh helps drive the show as well. So thanks for coming. It's like Absolutely. therapy session here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, echoing those same sentiments, guys. Thank you so much for being uh, in the chat with us again. This is as Dark and Donkey calls it. It's a therapy session in here. Uh, absolutely. Um, so you know, we we we're we're glad to provide the service uh, for you guys, right? Uh, but again, a lot of you guys are doing it for yourselves in the chat there. So again, we do appreciate you guys being there. And again, as these shows are happening, if you've not been subscribed to the channel, please do subscribe because we only really do this thing once a week. So you'll know when we're doing it. Uh, We'll we'll go live. You can jump in the chat again. Please share us repost or retweet or whatever the word is. Now, get us back out there to your sharks, friends and family. If you're enjoying it, they probably will, too. And, of course, you'll have a friend in the chat. So there you go. Uh, and, yes, thank you, Super Jason. If you can like, subscribe, ring the bell, all those things. As if you don't know, you're on YouTube. You know how it works. But we're going to tell you anyway. So there you go. Uh, if you would like to support the show, however, again, last time I'll tell you this one. Maybe for the next show we do it. I don't know. Super Chat Function is there for you. Uh, Venmo is there at the Fin Factor. You go ahead and put in a comment. We will read it live on the air uh, as soon as we see it. Uh, There's a great way to support the show. If you want to support the show and get something in return, like a canteen, not the one that Aaron was just drinking from or a hat or a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or a hoodie or whatever. We have lots of stuff there. Go to thefinfactor.com. Check it out. You can support us that way and get something in return. Um, <laughs> Noah, I think, yeah, go ahead. Noah
1: Claxton, when are you going to be on the back of the set? Are you aiming to get back in the new set November 13th of next year? <laughs> no, very soon. Very soon. I'm telling you, we uh, we got, we had to design four set walls. Those are done or redesign the four set walls that we had. And then there's kind of a center column that we got the design for. And I think we are currently building. I don't know if super D- producer Jason has any, uh, updated pictures. Cause he's the one that's working a lot with my dad on, on getting it built. Um, he did just get some new led strips that are going to be incorporated into the set that are pretty rad. And, uh, Yeah, I don't want to like give away everything or the full design so that, you know, it'll be a little bit of a surprise for you guys, but looking to get all of that set up in space and everything else so that um, we are no longer in the void floating heads on screens because I'm really sick of it. I want to be back in person and sitting. Our chemistry is a lot better. Uh, We can like actually talk to each other and um, flow better, I feel like, than we do online so i'm excited to get that done plus we'll we'll do some fun more shows with like
0: more interviews and stuff like that so i swear it's coming i swear i don't know what you're talking about aaron i feel like i flow perfectly every time so (laughs) there you go uh chat doesn't get a chance to disagree with me on this one because i'm gonna sign out as fast as i can guys for super producer jason what (laughs) what did i do Or You know what? Not for Superdious Jason anymore. Fine. Just for me. Uh, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. (laughs) And I'm covered up, but by me. So you still lose. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. Next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at TheFinFactor and on Instagram at FinFactor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at
1: thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.